You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello, welcome to another episode of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo, joined as always by Peter Alves. Peter, happy wild card weekend. Yep, playoffs are here. Thank God that's wretched season is over i love football more than anybody else but like i've been saying forever that season's a drag and for all the people except tj watt that broke all the records uh last week it's all fake news so yeah with the 17 game season we're gonna see records become easier to break but yeah tj watt he ended up playing i believe 15 games he tied michael strahan's sack record at 21 and a half so yeah hats off to tj watt that's legitimate uh, Cooper Cup, on the other hand, he did not end up breaking Calvin Johnson's receptions record. Uh, but despite the fact that he did not accomplish that, Cooper Cup's receive uh, Cooper Cup's season uh, will go down as one of the most historic seasons a receiver has ever had. Uh, he is in my pick for Offensive Player of the Year, and I think you could make a legitimate case that he put together uh, the best wide receiver season since Calvin Johnson. Uh, back when Johnson had that crazy year, and I think it was 2012 or whatever it was. For sure, for sure. So we had a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to recap uh, the College Football National Championship. Uh, we're going to get into the NFL coaching carousel that has already begun, uh, talk about some other NFL topics, and then we're going to predict every game in the slate for Wild Card Weekend. So without further ado, let's get right into it, Peter. But first, uh, let's recap last week. Uh, week 18, tough to predict. Well, for me anyway, I'm on a real slide. I'm 2-8 in my last 10 picks. Not ideal. Uh, after starting off the year, uh, pretty steady in my opinion, but 1-4 this past week. I did, however, hit my premium pick. I had the Bucks minus 8 over the Panthers. Of course, that hit. Uh, however, I had losses with the Rams minus 5. Uh, the Niners ended up coming back in the second half to win that game. I had the Falcons plus 4.5 over the Saints. Uh, my guy Trevor Simeon came in there and lit the Falcons up. I had the Jets plus 16 over the Bills. The Bills covered by one point. Pain. And then I had the Chargers minus three over the Raiders. And we're going to talk about that game later on the show. But uh, that game was a legitimate coin flip. So I felt like it was a little unlucky, especially with the Jets and even the Chargers. But it's what it is. Yeah, I was four and one. Hats off. The only loss was the Chargers minus three and one on the Bucks minus eight. 49ers plus five. Dolphins plus seven and Vikings minus three and a half. Because you went two and eight or whatever you said the last two weeks, you actually lost on the whole season overall. I did this earlier. You're 45, 44, and one. And I was 46 and 44. Oh my gosh. I choked the lead so bad. What were you on premium? You want to guess? Uh, I beat nine, you at 11 and 7. 9 and 9. I mean, not, not I'm 9 and 8, maybe? Yeah, 9 and 9. 9 and 9, you said? Okay, so that's not, yeah, that's not bad. I mean, I'll take that. That's 50%. Yeah, but here's the thing. I feel like I really ended up sucking the last couple weeks, but I felt like my premiums hit to recover that record. So Yeah, it, yeah you were bad in the beginning. Yeah, it felt like at the beginning I was going like 3 and 2, 4 and 1, but I'd lose my premium. So, um, this week, we're going to give six picks. We're going to give, um, for all the six games, we're going to have either the spread or uh, the total. So uh, we will also have a premium pick. So hopefully uh, I can regain. Uh, hopefully you can win the playoffs. Yeah. Goal is four and two, but we shall see. 
Uh, we're going to switch gears here. Let's talk a little college football. So Georgia uh, winning their first national championship in over 40 years, defeated Alabama 33-18. to 18. Uh, Peter, we both had Alabama along with Brandon Carr. And uh, Alabama, for the first half, I felt like they were winning the game uh, pretty well. Uh, the game was certainly a defensive game. A lot of field goals. A lot of, I don't want to say a lot of turnovers, but I, it just felt like the game was a low-scoring game that we all anticipated Alabama would end up pulling through on, and that ended up not being the case. The game was closer than the score indicated. Georgia ended up having a pick six at the end to win the game, uh, to seal the game, I should say. But uh, Stetson Bryant, uh, walk-on uh, quarterback for Georgia. He was 17 of 26 for 224 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Bryce Young, on the other hand, the Heisman uh, candidate, Heisman winner, I should say, uh, for Alabama. He was 35 of 57 for 369 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. So Georgia, uh, they are the national champions for this college football year. Uh, what do you think? I, I know we both had Bama, but. Yeah, I mean, when Williams went down in what, what was that, like the second quarter? Yeah. I, I thought Alabama was in trouble because they didn't have any wide receivers. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Georgia won. Uh, the better team won all the way around, I guess. And, yeah, I mean, Nick Saban half off is supposed to be a rebuilding year, as you said, which is crazy. Yeah. The, yeah, like, it, it's crazy. So, Alabama, obviously, they are a juggernaut. Year in, year out, they find their way in the college football playoffs. And uh, this was a year for Alabama. They lost a lot of people uh, in this past draft class. Uh, with It goes without saying, of course, uh, Mac Jones, uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, Devonta Smith. Those are some key pieces, but they also lost some key parts in the offensive line. And this was Bryce Young's first season as a starter uh, in his sophomore year now. So I bet you Alabama will be back next year. Uh, oh, yeah, probably. They'll probably go in as preseason favorites. You can never count out Bama and Nick Saban. Uh, they just fell short at the end. It did feel like this year was a little bit different for them. It didn't feel like they were as dominant as his previous years. And Maybe going into the game, we should have saw that. I felt like we both got blinded because they really kicked the crap out of Georgia in the SEC championship. But Georgia, hats off to them. They adjusted defensively. Uh, they played so much better on both sides of the ball this time around. And Kirby Smart finally delivered for Georgia. Uh, Georgia's a great program. And I tell you what, they're second to Bama. And they'll probably be second to Bama next year. Yeah, I mean, in that game, I, I don't like how – Saban was way too safe, I think. I was telling you yesterday. Um, I was telling you yes, uh, Monday. Yeah, I mean, it was nine six. We went for a field goal in the red zone, and then it was twelve uh, thirteen like nine. They went for a field goal again. I, I thought they should have went for at least one of those. Yeah, it, it disagree. I mean, take a point. Yeah, I mean, I, I disagree. Uh, I, for me, I think Nick Saban looked at this game and he said, "Look, this game's going to be a defensive game. It's going to be played in the low twenties. It's going to be about field position. We're going to hold Georgia to twenty points and." We get a score 23 or something along those lines. And I felt like it was there for a while until this late in the second half, things kind of got a little screwy. Alabama wasn't able to convert in the red zone uh, in a number of different occasions. And that ended up coming back to bite the Crimson Tide. Now, is that something to second guess? Absolutely. But Nick Saban, he's been there. He's done that so many different times. It's tough to question him, but. Uh, yeah, ended up coming back to bite him in that uh, particular instance. Yeah, that is what it is. I mean, hats yeah. off to Georgia and Alabama. I'll see you next year. Yep, for sure. And uh, thanks to Brandon Carr of Roughing the Basket and Cheap Talk Wrestling for coming on the last couple of weeks to break down uh, some college football action. He also had Alabama, so he was also wrong. 
Um, but at least the they, over hit, right, Justin? Uh, <laughs> uh, I I had the under, uh, but you're right. My brother um, had the under, of course, and he was uh, he was very upset. Even though he had still at Alabama, everybody at Alabama, but like, yeah, yeah. All right, Peter, let's move into the NFL coaching carousel. So Black Monday uh, just occurred this past Monday, and we saw a number of head coaching opportunities open up. So before Monday, we already had the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders. And then on Sunday, after the Broncos played on Saturday, the Broncos fired Vic Fangio after three seasons. Uh, Then Monday came around, and the Bears uh, parted with Matt Nagy and general manager Ryan Pace. Uh, that came to no surprise to anybody. I felt like that was the most likely outcome uh, going into the season. Uh, the Vikings, they fired Mike Zimmer and general manager Rick Spielman. When it comes to Mike Zimmer, uh, I've been talking about this for months. Uh, I felt like his time was down in Minnesota, especially for not making the playoffs. And despite the fact that they made it to the NFC Championship in 2017, uh, Zimmer was never really able to get over the hump, uh, especially with Kirk Cousins, and he deserved to get let go. And Rick Spielman, on the other hand, he's been there for a while, so I was surprised they let him go, but that was a decision they went with. Uh, the Giants fired general manager David oh, – I should – let me rephrase. Uh, Giants general manager David Gettleman retired, but he would have been fired anyway. So the Giants have a void at the general manager spot. And the most surprising move of Monday was the Dolphins fired head coach Brian Flores. So – out of all these, none of that surprised me except for Brian Flores. I talked about each and every one of them in my coaching carousel article two or three weeks ago. Uh, Flores caught me aback. So let's start off with Flores. Peter, what was your instant reaction when you saw that Brian Flores was fired? I was ultimately shocked because I think that he did pretty well uh, the last two seasons. I think he overachieved the first two seasons. That's probably why they went into that. And as a Patriot fan, it has me scared that the Dolphins are all in on uh, Watson or all in on uh, Rodgers or all in on Wa- uh, Wilson, and they will they will get one of those. I disagree, Peter. I, I think you got really? it backwards. Oh, yeah, I think you got it backwards. So this is how I look at it. And I know, I th- listen, I know Flores hates, hates Tua. Hates so he, Tua. this like, is – I don't know. It makes no sense. From reading different reporting from Ian Rappaport and Jeff Darlington of NFL Network and ESPN, this is how I kind of read it. It felt like to me, obviously, there was a disconnect at the quarterback position. General manager for the Dolphins that was retained, Chris Greer, uh, obviously drafted Tua and was is clearly high on him. Tua was only drafted two seasons ago, uh, and he ended up getting selected ahead of Justin Herbert. Clearly, that's a second guess now. But at the time, Chris Greer went with Tua. That's his guy. I, I think it's now clear that Flores isn't a fan of Tua. I think he believes that he's limited. And I believe that Brian Flores was the leading cog to land Deshaun Watson. He was trying to land Deshaun Watson in Miami, and I felt like he was a real instigator for those rumors. I felt like all those rumors, we had so many reports where it was like, Deshaun Watson will go to Miami, this and that. I think those reports were from Brian Flores' camp and Deshaun Watson's camp because Ian Rappaport reported that uh, Deshaun Watson wanted to play for Brian Flores. So I felt like those two were hand-in-hand and wanted to make this thing happen. But I felt like Chris Greer uh, got in the way. He felt like Brian Flores was undermining his operation because I think he's a believer in Tua still, uh, despite the fact that Flores isn't. And the end of the season came, and I think Flores was frustrated that Tua was still going to be in the fold, uh, especially after that winning streak. I'm sure Chris Greer 
Uh, and the rest of the Dolphins front office made it clear that two is their guy in the future. And I'm sure Flores was thrilled with that sarcasm. And they ended up going in a different direction. Now, Brian Flores is somebody that I really like as a head coach. I think he did a great job down in there in Miami. I understand the fact that they came up short a couple of years, understandably. But I felt like he was changing that culture. They were a much better team defensively. Uh, and even offensively, they did what they had to do. Uh, we saw Tua in spurts. I felt like he grew a little bit. He regressed. He grew, regressed. So he was a little inconsistent. But at the end of the year, it felt like he was finally uh, showing, showing some successful strides. Yeah, I mean, I only said that because I thought that Aaron Rodgers or Wilson or whatever, or whoever they bring in, yeah. they want their own coach. That's yeah, why I think they're going to do that, but I, I don't know. I mean, you could be right. I mean, if the if the Dolphins hire Nathaniel Hackett, uh, the Packers' current offensive coordinator, uh, then you could be onto something. But there, I saw another report today. I I can't remember where it was from, and it said the Dol- um, it was from Michael Lombardi of the GM Shuffle podcast. Uh, he said that he uh, heard that the Dolphins were looking for a candidate with experience. So to me, that reads Jim Caldwell, who's been linked, a former Detroit Lion coach, shout out Noah, rough in the basket, and um, Doug Peterson, former Eagles coach. Uh, those are the two that I kind of thought of when I saw that report. Uh, now, could it be somebody else? Could they be trying to get Jim Harbaugh from Miami? I don't think Harbaugh would go to Miami. I think Vegas is the spot for him if he ends up leaving. So. We shall see at that front, but it felt like Miami had a lot of dysfunction internally, and it's a lot of stuff that we didn't really get to see. And uh, it's unfortunate for Flores because I feel like oh, he will get a second opportunity. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He'll, he'll be somewhere. Yeah, if it's not this year, it's next, and it will absolutely happen. So we shall see with that. But let's move on here. Uh, the Chicago Bears, like I said, fired Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. No surprise there. If you're the Chicago Bears, you need to get this head coach hiring right. You need to find somebody uh, that Justin Her- that Justin Herbert, I'm sorry, Justin Fields can gel with and develop. So would you hire one of these young offensive coordinators? Would you look for somebody with experience? What would you do if you're the Bears? Probably experience because you need somebody to groom and do whatever with Fields. And if, people, <laughs> if Fields is okay with whoever they hire, I mean, just pull the trigger, I guess. I think they're going to go with somebody uh, that they could help that can help uh, develop Justin Fields. And they also have an opening at the general manager spot. So this position is very coveted because the bears, they're a first class organization in terms of league history. Chicago's a good market. And Justin Fields is a young promising quarterback. who was a first round pick a year ago. So this job I'm sure uh, will draw in a number of different candidates, uh, but I think ultimately they're going to go with the guy like Kellen Moore from Dallas. He's the Cowboys offensive coordinator. We saw what he did with Dak Prescott in terms of growing and developing him. I could see him fitting nicely down there in Chicago. I feel like he has the personality to deal well with that market. I think he knows how to develop an offense, develop a quarterback, and I think that's what the Bears are looking for. Uh, move. I like him with the Jaguars. You like Kellen Moore there? I think Byron, so. Um, I, I like Byron Leftwich down in Jacksonville. That's the pick for me. Uh, Vikings, uh, like I said, they moved on from Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. So the Vikings, that situation's unique. So having that general manager spot open is important. Uh, Kirk Cousins, his future is uncertain, but you have a slew of weapons offensively down there. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, KJ Osborne can develop. Uh, So the Vikings have no, uh, they have sure firepower there. Uh, That's, you you can't argue that. Now, when you look at the Vikings, what do you think they go with? Do you think they go uh, experience, offensive mind, defensive mind? I would go an offensive mind because you've had a defensive mind the last 
school years and you're in win mode with that roster. Yeah, it's a top 10 roster and grossly, yeah. grossly underachieved. All these yep. years. And uh, that division could also be open in the NFC North yeah, if Rodgers ends up leaving. Yeah, if Rodgers leaves or retires or whatever he wants to do, it's wide open. Yeah, 100%. Uh, for Minnesota, somebody I think is going to be Doug Peterson. I think Peterson ends up there. Uh, I think he'll fit in there nicely, and they might give him personnel power. He has a pedigree. He has a Super Bowl. And uh, I, I like the fit there. I think he can do some nice things there offensively with Kirk Cousins. Uh, we saw what he was able to do with Carson Wentz for a time and Nick Foles for a time. Uh, I like the fit in Minnesota for him. Uh, moving on, Denver Broncos fire Vic Fangio. Uh, a lot of people were surprised about this. I wasn't. Uh, were you surprised that Fangio got canned? I was if you step back because like the Broncos weren't supposed to do a lot and they I think they overachieved this year, especially with Teddy Bridgewater not being healthy the whole year. And I think he's a backup. I don't think he's a starter. And then Drew Locke is a case all of its own. I think he was set up to fail. I mean, he was what like 13, 39 the whole three seasons. I mean, maybe it's time to go. But yeah. if you're t- taking just this year, I, I think that it was a, a little surprising, yeah. But. I, you see, I wasn't because I think the Broncos are in a great situation. George Patton, their general manager, he has to be licking his chops heading into this offseason. Uh, he now has full control of the personnel. John Elway, he took a promotion and he stepped aside from the day-to-day operations. Elway's still in the fold, but he's not there in terms of running the personnel day-to-day. Now, I think this Broncos roster is loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, offensively, uh, I, again, I love Cortland Sutton. I love Jerry Judy. Uh, I think Noah Fant's a good tight end. I think the offensive line is pretty good. I think the defense, which was injured this year, can rebound and have a good year next year. Denver has a lot of draft capital. And I think they're a quarterback away from making a real run in the AFC. And there should be a multitude of different veteran quarterbacks available. Uh, Like you talked about, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could become available. Uh, Who knows who else could leak free, Uh, especially with nowadays, maybe even Kirk Cousins. Who knows? And I think Denver's in prime position to sell a franchise quarterback about why the Broncos are the organization to go to. And I think they're going to look at this hiring process and they're going to hire someone that is going to be good at land, uh, good as a recruiter in terms of helping land that quarterback. For me anyway, I'm going to give you a name, Mike Zimmer. Uh, Mike Zimmer, who was obviously just fired from Minnesota. He worked with George Patton, uh, the current general manager of the Broncos for 14 years in Minnesota. I'm not 14 years. I'm sorry for six years in Minnesota. So I felt like those guys have good chemistry. They have good understanding familiarity with each other. And I say what you want about Mike Zimmer, but I think he can hold down the room. He's a veteran. And if they bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers, uh, at least Rodgers should respect Mike Zimmer. Uh, He's not going to be somebody that you can kind of just walk all over. That's not Mike Zimmer. Like if they hire, for example, um, uh, Brian Dable, right? I like Brian Dable. Let's say they just hire Brian Dable. Dable doesn't really have, this is his first head coaching spot, doesn't have much um, pedigree in terms of that. Sure, he has the Super Bowls and the National Championships from the, the Patriots in Alabama, but never as a head coach, so I could feel like that might be a recipe for failure. I would go for a veteran. Or the only um, offensive coordinator I would look at in terms of first-year head coach would be Nathaniel Hackett if, if it helps you land Aaron Rodgers. It makes sense on Zimmer. I mean, he is a defensive-minded coach, and that that defense at the beginning of the year should have been top five. Yeah, if it wasn't for the injuries. But I mean, if anything shows you the Vikings, the Vikings, it doesn't make sense because he, he's such a good defensive mind, and the Vikings defense year after year after year sucks. 
So I don't know if it's just personnel or just whatever, but I don't know. It's true. It's true. And when you look at the Denver Broncos, I like that situation. But uh, And like we talked about the Jaguars, uh, we've talked about the Jaguars and Raiders about some things where they could go. We talked about how Jim Harbaugh was a possibility for the Raiders. We talked about the Jaguars, how they're likely going to go an offensive-minded guy. So, Peter, if you were to rank these head coaching options, uh, how would you rank them in terms of most appealing to least? All right, if everything stays the same, assuming that nobody moves, like Wilson, Rogers, or Watson, whatever, I have the Vikings number one because I think that roster is far ahead of everybody. Uh, Raiders, Jaguars, Dolphins, Bears. Are you missing one? Oh, Broncos. All right, uh, my bad. We uh, <laughs> Yeah, Vikings, uh, Raiders, Broncos, Jaguars, Dolphins, Bears. Assuming that nobody moves. You don't like the Bears, huh? No, because I think they're way too short. Like, they're not going to be ready. Justin Fields is set up for failure. Yeah, it is a bad roster, so yeah. Yeah. I would say I would give the Denver Broncos the nod of being number one. I really would, because I think they're in a great position. No, even no yeah. Direction. Because they're going to end up with someone. I, I, I would yeah, but place. That's a caveat. Like, it doesn't but I, again, I think you take I the job and you know Rogers it. Go there. I'm not saying Rogers is going to go there. Somebody's going to go there. I. It will not be Teddy Bridgewater next year. It won't be a rookie. It'll be a veteran. They built the team. Just need the quarterback. I like the Denver Broncos. I think that's a good roster. Uh, I go Broncos number one. Number two, I probably go Minnesota. Uh, I again, I think Minnesota has a roster that is built to win now, especially in that division. Three, I probably lean the Raiders. Oh, that's a tough one, but I'm going to go the Raiders. I think Mark Davis. Uh, you he's going to coach is going to get fired though. Um, like, Rich Rich Bisaki. Uh, listen, listen. If you want to get a hot take, he should win Coach of the Year. Look, Bisaki. All, all the stuff that they had to overcome, everything right. they had to do, and they made the playoffs. You so Rich Bisaki has done a fantastic job this year. Don't get me wrong. After all the incidents, after everything and he managed to get in the playoffs speaks volume about uh how he is viewed in that locker room so i absolutely think he is a candidate to stay in vegas but you can with mark davis you never rule anything out he paid john gruden 100 million dollars i really think he's going to make a hard push for jim harbaugh uh and he's willing to spend was he like the offensive coordinator the defensive coordinator or something who the raiders coach oh he's a special teams coordinator all right so he can he go like back to that though would he – I mean, here's the thing. If you hire Jim Harbaugh, for example, yeah. I think Harbaugh is going to bring in his crew, and Bisacci oh, is probably going to get the can. That's screwed up, though. If I was him, I would be like, I hate you. I, I mean – I'll find someone else. That's, that's just my take. But here's, there's – again, for the Raiders job, we've heard guys like Gus Bradley, their current defensive coordinator, be in the running. Now, if Gus Bradley gets the job, then Bisacci will probably just go back to what he was doing in special teams. So, like, I don't, I don't know – uh, but I think Basaccia definitely got the uh, respect from a lot of people around the league. Uh, so back to my list here. I had the Denver Broncos 1, Minnesota Vikings 2, Raiders 3. I'm going to go Bears 4. And then I probably go... The Jaguars? You like yeah. better than Lawrence, right? No, I don't. But I think with the division being wide open, uh, the Bears having that opening at the general manager position is important. Five... I think I go Jacksonville five, but Trent yeah, Baki being there. The Dolphins at the bottom, dumpster fire. Hey, listen, if that that locker room is not going to go well, 
Could you imagine if they go from like Brian Flores to Jim Caldwell? That's two complete opposite, different spectrums. And I like Caldwell, but like and you that's totally different. And then like everybody's like, "Well, what are you doing?" Like, I, and but here's the thing with Flores and like, yeah, respect them and they play. They play for him. I mean, they could have quit after one and seven, and they didn't. And they they didn't. That's the thing. They haven't quit on him for the his entire stint there. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go Jaguars five, uh, Dolphins six. But if the Jaguars fire Trent Baki which I don't think they're going to do. The Jaguars shoot at my list. Like, they go way up. But they seem reluctant to do that at this point. And the Dolphins with Chris Greer there, uh, I don't know how you can trust Chris Greer. I'm sorry. I, I, knew, I Again, Herbert over Tua. He's made a, a, other colossal mistakes. Um, I, don't, I don't pin that on him. I mean, listen, everyone who makes yeah, it. Yeah, don't pin the Jaguars. Don't, don't pin. Don't, doesn't matter. The Bears, yeah, but. I don't know. It's not, it hasn't been just one isolated incident. Oh, I know. I know. He failed to build an offensive line this year for Tua. I think that's obvious. Uh, and then you look at other instances. You paid Will Fuller. How many games did Will Fuller play? Matt Cooney nailed that one. Oh, yeah. High end Will Fuller. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Waddle, he, he looks like he's a nice little player. Absolutely. But it felt like the Dolphins could have addressed some of their is- issues and they kind of failed to do so. Running the ball, I thought they would. They need to drop the running back. Exactly. I thought they would invest a little bit into that position, not say they pay a guy $15 million or anything, but wouldn't it have killed you to, uh, I don't know, bring in a guy in the third round, draft, I don't know, maybe Ramondre Stevenson or something like that? Like, would that have killed you? I don't know. I, I think Chris Greer is rough, and I think Trent Baalke is even rusher. I mean, even um, even worse. So uh, that's, uh, that's how I would rank the head coach in carousel. Uh, Joe Judge looks like he survived. Hey, that's I, the biggest joke of them all. Listen, you I told you he wasn't getting fired. Boy, Joe Judge is still standing there. And I told you Judge wasn't going anywhere. I told down you. Versus the uh, Washington football team, that's a sneak. Boom, right out of the stadium. If, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm just like, wow, I'm going to be so bad for so long. And the Giants haven't had a winning record at any point in time over the last five seasons. Yeah, the boat. <laughs> and... Uh, David Culley, the head coach of the Texans, his uh, status is still undetermined. I do think Culley probably gets retained. Oh, yeah. But if it, you win five games with that roster, you should have won coach of the year. But it wouldn't shock me if they ended up pulling the plug on him and bringing in Brian Flores. Because uh, oh, Flores, I think, yeah, again, the whole ties with Nick Casario and Jack Easterby. And I think, again, I think Flores would be a home run there. But here's the thing. Chicago is going to interview Flores. I think Flores is going to be a hot commodity. I think Flores might end up with a head coaching job uh, this season. He might. You should go back to New England. I, I don't rule that out. If Gerard Mayo ends up in Denver like he's interviewing, I don't, I don't rule that out That's at all. Joke. That's a joke, too. You don't like Gerard Mayo? Yeah. yeah Why? See how good the linebackers are this year? Try. But here's – I don't know. I think Gerard, I think Gerard Mayo – Everybody every year is Belichick, like – they're just looking for the tree and it just never works out. And I think Brian Flores worked out, but no, no, I mean, he got fired. No, I know. I'm, I'm being, I'm being, he's a, if he's in, I'm being if, a, I know. If, if there's a competent owner there, Flores is still there, in my opinion. And Greer's gone, but here we are. All right, let's move on to some other topics in the NFL uh, before we get into our game predictions. Peter, how can we not talk about the Indianapolis Colts collapse? That's a joke. Listen, you were a playoff team two weeks ago. You beat the Bills. You beat the Patriots. You can't beat the Jaguars. I know you haven't beat them and since 2014. It's probably bad juju down there, like how New England can't beat Miami in Miami. But I, it's a joke. You, you have Wentz. You traded a first-round pick to the Eagles, and the Eagles are in the playoffs, and Wentz 
It's still no. paid 30 million bucks and you're just stuck. Oh my gosh. And you know what? The best thing is, it wasn't like the Colts were just in the playoffs two weeks ago, Peter. We talked about how they were a top three team in the AFC. They were a team that you don't want to play in the AFC. You have eight pro bowlers, an MVP in the backfield. You have Michael Pittman. You have everybody on the defensive line. You have a top five. Offensive line. Frank Reich. Like, seriously. They were a team that you looked at, whoever they were playing in the first round, Peter. And I don't know about you, but I was going to give them a W. If they were playing the Bengals this week or – Oh, yeah, the no, Bills, wherever you go. I'm exactly. Sure. I was going to say they were going to win because they were that kind of team. But overlooking the Jacksonville freaking Jaguars, and it wasn't like they just lost, Peter. They got their ass kicked. Like, they got completely destroyed. Trevor Lawrence had his best game of his NFL career, and they destroyed them. The Jaguars fans, Peter, showed up into the Jaguars stadium, right, wearing clown masks and mustaches to make fun of the organization for its incompetency in terms of Khan as the owner, Baki as the general manager, the Urban Meyer debacle, all that. They wore clown masks because they feel like their organization is a bunch of clowns. And they beat the Indianapolis freaking Colts to get them out of the playoffs. Yeah, they won their Super Bowl. They knocked their division uh, foe out of the playoffs. And they have the number one pick. Yeah. Win, win, exactly. Win, win, win. And again, it would have been a grand slam if they fired Trent Baalke the same day, but they how have not. Col- how do the Colts not have a quarterback? They can't figure it out. I know Wentz how- was supposed to be the answer, and I like he's not. He's not. He's not the answer, but like since Andrew Luck, like you can't find one. I will say this is something that could linger for the Indianapolis Colts. This isn't something like shocks, man. Like this was a team that again they started off slow, but they were. You ask anyone heading into Week 18 if you were to do power rankings. I think most people would categorize them as a top five to top seven team in the NFL. Like, I think that's a fact. And for them to lose to the Jaguars and miss out on the playoffs, that's something that could linger for this franchise. This is something that could bring some questions about Frank Reich going into next season. Like, dude, You're not going to be as well as you did this year. Jonathan Taylor isn't going to run for, God knows, 1,800 yards, 20 touchdowns. Like, I'm not saying they can't rebound and they can't win the division next year because – there's a whole offseason in front of us, but wow. And you gave up a lot to get Carson Wentz. I, I don't want to say a lot, but you gave up a fair price to get Carson Wentz. Uh, you put your eggs in Carson Wentz's basket, and he did not deliver. Uh, his poor performance cost the Indianapolis Colts, and when you look at that, that's tough to defend. I don't care. You can't spin that any other way. For them not to make the playoffs is a monumental, uh, colossal failure. They were, again, they were people's, Super Bowl pick for Christ's sake. Like they were, they were everywhere. They were a team. They beat the Patriots. Like you said, they beat the bills. They kicked the crap out of both of those guys. They played well against the Titans. They played well against the bucks. And then to just lose it again, you lay they, down too. You didn't if, even like try. If they lost 23, 20 and it was kind of fluky and Jacksonville ended up with a game winning field goal. I'd be like, all right, like, you know what? Like that's still a huge failure, but it just wasn't your day. At least you played hard. No, they got their ass kicked. On every phase of the game, coaching, offense, defense, special teams, they got destroyed by a Jacksonville Jaguars team where half the freaking fans were in clown masks. I mean, you can't stop a lick on defense. Trevor Lawrence was already halfway to the golf course. Like, the whole Jacksonville coaching staff is going to get fired tomorrow. Or if they haven't already, like, what are we doing? The Jaguars are coming off a 50-10 to 10 loss against the Patriots. 50 freaking points defensively they allowed. 
and the Indianapolis Colts couldn't muster anything up in the second half. Like I was watching the game and I'm like, they have to come back, right? Like they're going to make at least a late push. Yeah, because it was it was bad the uh, the end of the first half, and I was like, all right, they'll just like, turn it on. And then it was like fourth quarter. I was like, all right, they're running out of time. Like I don't know what they're doing. And then, and then it was a three possession game, and then it's just like that's it. You you lost. Like you simply lost. And then Carson Wentz had those up, turnovers. Three intercept. Yeah, I was like, all right. You scored eleven points, Peter. Eleven points, Peter. Would you like to know? Uh, I'm gonna read you some uh, read you some stats here, right? They allowed the Jaguars, right? They allowed 50 points to the Patriots, 26 points to the Jets, 30 points to the Texans, 20 to the Titans, 37 to the Rams, 21 to the Falcons, and then 30 to the San Francisco 49ers. So again, 30 points to Davis Mills and the Texans, 27, 26 points to Zach Wilson and the Jets, 50 for Mac Jones and the Patriots, and the Colts couldn't even muster two touchdowns? Joke. Joke, absolute joke. Carson Wentz in the day, 17 of 29, 185 yards. A QBR, would you like to guess it, Peter? Scale 1 through 100. Uh, 12. Nope, 4.4. It's like Dylan Saraiva's freaking GPA, for Christ's sake. It's facts. All right, Peter. Uh, quick another aside, NF- Quick aside, shout out to TJ. I'm sorry for uh, screwing you out of money. I-, I told him to pick the spread at plus 15 and a half. He was going to pick the money line straight up. But I was like, plus oh, yeah, yeah. 50 or something. I was like, there's no way. There's no way the Colts lose. Jacksonville Jaguars on the up and up, Peter. Joke. All right, but again, how can we not talk about Week 18 in the NFL without mentioning that Raiders-Chargers game? Holy crap, Peter. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this was one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. So just to give a little bit of background, right? The Raiders and Chargers game was a Sunday night game. There was a lot riding on it. The winner of the game would clinch a wild card berth. The loser of the game would be out. However, Peter, if there was a tie between the Raiders and the Chargers, the Raiders and Chargers would both get into the playoffs, and the Steelers, who benefited from the Colts' loss, would be out. So it would only take a tie to get the Pittsburgh Steelers out of the playoffs. And Peter, if you were a Steelers fan, holy crap, you must have been quivering in your shoes. The Raiders pulling it out in overtime, 35-32. Uh Derek Carr, I don't even think he played that well, in my opinion. He was 20 of 36, 186 yards and two touchdowns. But Josh Jacobs had one of his best games of the season. 26 carries, 132 yards and a touchdown. Uh, And he also had two receptions for 12 yards. But when you look at the other side of things, Justin Herbert, he was phenomenal in this game. 34 of 64, 383 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, He was awesome. And I think a lot of this game can really be looked at at fourth down conversions. Uh, did you see how many fourth down conversions the Chargers had? Yeah, I think they set or tied the record at like six or something. They had t- yeah, five or six, whatever it was. Yeah. They had tons of them. And they were able to tie the game into last play in the fourth quarter to force overtime, right? So let me paint this picture. It is 20, I think it was 29 29, right? Heading in overtime, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. And if you're a Steelers fan, you must be sitting there and you're like, all right, like, they ain't just going to need this thing and, like, both get in, right? And then the, the Raiders, I believe, put up the first points, and it was 32-29, and the Chargers answered back, 32-32. Again, the clock is winding, right? Clock is winding. It's under two minutes to play, under a minute to play. Raiders are running the ball. And it looked like the game – Peter, I honestly thought the Raiders were content to end the game with the tie, but the Chargers weren't able to stop the run. 
Uh, Brandon Staley called a timeout and made a defensive substitution. He replaced one of his defensive linemen with a linebacker. And wow, that blew up in his face because Josh Jacobs put together like 15 yards in two plays. Now, put see, it, I want to I defend Brandon Staley because I think they're going to go for that field goal regardless. Yeah, but I don't think they would have – I mean, you think they would have made it from 60 yards? Yeah, Daniel Carson's amazing. Carson's a great kicker, but that was a – You've got to stop him on the third and seven or whatever it is. got to stop the run. What you that are saying that Brendan Staley, if he didn't call that timeout, they would have just kneeled the ball or, like, ran the ball and just not – How about Staley going for it and freaking fourth and one at his own 19-yard line? Yeah, I mean, that that's really stupid. I mean – You gave away three You gave away three points. Vegas got a field goal out of the drive. Yeah, I mean – That's the game. Don't, don't change. I mean, that's, that's his MO. And I wanted him to get fired after the game and then – just brought that back because way, way too strong. But I mean, second year in a row. Nate, yeah, I'm not going to say they should fire him, but I will say he cost his team the game, in my opinion, for that going for that fourth and one at his own 19. I know he does that all the time, but there's so much at stake at this. Like there was just everything on the line, especially in the second half. I don't know. I don't agree with the decision. And I felt like, Peter, we have breaking news. I think we should just keep going, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Finish your thought and break it. I'm not even going to look at my phone. Okay, uh, Peter, don't look at your phone. Uh, and then I'll get into it. So this is good, Peter. Peter, don't look at your phone. No, 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 I won't. I promise. Okay, I just feel like I think he should be responsible. That's all. Like, I just think Staley should be held responsible. And then I, I can't I can't even talk. Uh, the Giants have fired Joe Judge. Oh, nice. Apologies. Not right now. Thanks. I'm surprised. I really Why? am. He, listen, he, he's... I really am. So many... Listen, you probably lost a locker room. It's, it's over. I'm surprised. I really am. I thought the Maras were content on bringing him back. I felt like uh, the Maras have talked about it uh, over the last couple seasons, how they didn't want to go over a turnover, a turnover to a turnover with their head coaching regimes. And uh, I don't know. I, I thought they would give Judge a little bit of leeway, but that wasn't the case. Uh, he obviously uh, had a rough go of it in the second half. Oh, oh. Rolf Gove, oh my god. Listen, I mean, he never, he's throwing, he, Jake, Jake Fromm's his quarterback, but yeah. I, uh, okay, fine, fine, fine. I mean, that's a team, offensively, they should all get healthy, and they're probably a top, better half of the league. All right, so where would you put the Giants for that head coaching option? Uh, Probably in the middle. I, I like their pieces around them. I like Shepard, I like Tony, I like uh, Galladay. I mean, Barkley's dead, but I, I like Barkley. Daniel Jones is not the answer, but Assuming that nobody moves. Uh, yeah, I, I got to see what the Giants do with uh, gen- the general manager spot. I think the Giants, again, that's still a TBD. I don't like Daniel Jones. I like two are better than Daniel Jones. So I think they would be behind Miami. But they don't have a general manager. And if I'm a coach, I like that. So, wow. Breaking news on Pablo and Peter's picks, even though it wasn't breaking uh, on Thursday. So, ah. all right, uh, Peter, I think without further ado, uh, let's talk into these NFL playoff matchups, right? Let's get it. All right, Peter, the five seed, Vegas Raiders heading to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Uh, you're uh, AFC North champ, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the spread is at uh, minus five, and the total is set at 49. Peter, what do you like for the Raiders-Bengals on the Saturday afternoon game? The tomato can Texans game, but that's yes, not yes. the game anymore. But I like the Bengals minus five. I think the Raiders can't stop the run. I think... The Raiders, after playing that monumental game, five five quarters, I don't think they can keep that up. I think the Bengals are going to run and pass all over the Raiders. Raiders are a nice story, but I think the Bengals get it done. So you like the, the Bengals spread, you said, right? Yeah. Tell you what, Peter, I'm going Raiders spread here. I've, something about this Raiders team, 
Just when I I've, I've picked against them the last three weeks. Like I, I just have. I thought the Chargers would win that game comfortably, and I felt like the Raiders were done, but they keep going through this adversity. I'm curious where the Bengals are at. They sat all their guys in Week 18. A lot of those guys got banged up in Week 17 against the Chiefs. A lot of those guys are in their first playoff appearance. How are they going to handle it? Very interesting. I like the Raiders here. I, I think there's some good value with the Raiders. Do I like the Raiders to win outright? Not necessarily love it, but I felt like they're going to keep this game close. They're fighters. I like the Raiders plus five. Road underdog. Shout out Derek Carr. First time in his life. In the yes, yes. So uh, next game, Peter. Uh, moving on to the Saturday night game. We're just going to go in order of how they're playing. Is that cool? Yeah. All right, Saturday night game, uh, the Saturday night game. Patriots, six seed at the Buffalo Bills, three seed. The Bills, uh, three and a half point favorites. Uh, the over-under is set at 43. Third time these teams are playing each other. Uh, obviously, AFC East foes. The Patriots won the first go around in that windstorm. And then the Bills won the second time at Gillette Stadium. We were there. Uh, so the Bills have taken the Patriots out three of the last four games. Will be four out of five. Peter, what do you got? So when I uh, when we left to West Stadium, I said that I want them to face three times, and I want to walk that back. I wish they were facing the Bengals, but I I, I agree. I told you. Oh, I know. Ultimately, I have the I have the Bills minus three and a half. Don't bet with your heart. Bet with your brain. I I just don't like how the Patriots can't stop the run at all. I think Josh Allen is gonna have a field day. Not not passing the ball. I think he's sloppy. Jets. Three interception, whatever it was, and then Falcons three interceptions. I think Josh Allen's going to make a mistake, but ultimately, I don't think the Patriots can stop the run. And I think that Mac Jones can't keep up with the Bills' offense. And I don't like how Mac Jones's body language. I I don't I don't like when he loses. He's a baby when he loses. He's a baby. I just more think he's more than Brady. He, I think he cares. I I think that I, I think know, that's a good thing. Like he's just like you see him versus Miami. He's just like. Well, he looks weird because he does these like breathing exercises on the sideline and stuff. And he like he looks weird like when he does it, but that's just what he does. Yeah. So I'm, I don't want to call myself a Josh Allen hater, but I've doubted Josh Allen's ability to really accelerate into the elite of the elite in terms of the quarterback field. Now, this season, I felt like he's been inconsistent. I, but however, I think he played the best game of his life against the New England Patriots. Uh, when we were there a couple weeks ago, I thought he was phenomenal. He ran the ball extremely effectively. I thought he passed the ball really well. He was smart, made the checks to the line. I thought Allen was awesome. But the thing with Allen that has always held his back is inconsistency. He threw three picks against the Falcons a couple weeks ago. Through three quarters, he struggled against the Jets' defense. He's had some costly turnovers in the red area. And you know what, Peter? I'm gonna, just, just because of my Josh Allen take, I'm going to go to the Patriots plus three and a half. I preferred that New England would go against the Bengals. Uh, I was really hoping that because I felt like they could really beat the Bengals. I thought yeah, Belichick. Could... I think they can run on the Bengals. Yeah, I agree. I think they I could play. They the yeah, I think they could. I think they could have played bully ball, and I think they would have won that. Game, won it that. That that's the formula. This game's more difficult, uh, but I think Bill Belichick. Honestly, if you were to ask Belichick who he'd rather face, I think he would say Buffalo. I really oh, yeah, do. For sure. I mean, I, I, I really do. And I, I I like them in Buffalo more than I like them at Gillette. Versus the Bills. I don't think the Bills can play in Buffalo, which is surreal. Again, when you build a team, you would think you would build around um, things you can actually do well, yeah, right? And just not versus the Chiefs. I mean, listen, they could uh, they could uh, prove us all wrong. They could face the Chiefs in the yeah. championship game. Yeah. But you're right, though. It feels like they're kind of soft. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Sunday night game. Well, it's Sunday, Sunday afternoon game. 
Uh, seven seed Eagles at the Bucks is the two seed. Spread is Tampa minus eight and a half, and the over under is set at forty nine. Who do you like? Uh, Bucks minus eight and a half. Shocker. Uh, my premium pick of the week. Uh, no, shocker would have been uh, Eagles plus eight and a half. But I mean, listen, Eagles. Fun story. I don't think they can get it done versus the Bucks. Bucks are gonna get healthy. I think they're gonna get Leonard Fournette back. They're gonna get a lot of their pieces back. Brady's not gonna lose in the first round. They they have the two seed. That they're in Florida. They're they're not gonna travel to Lambeau until they have to. Bucks by a million. I like the Bucks minus eight and a half. That's also my premium pick. Uh, again, this Tampa Bucks team, it's depleted, but they're getting a lot of their guys back. Leonard Fournette's supposed to play, uh, which is important. And I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles are up and a little over their head. Like, I don't know. Nick Seriani, that's a nice story. It's a good story. But to me, you're going to you, – you stuck facing Tom Brady in the Bucks in the first round. Isn't probably a recipe for success. I understand uh, last year in the first round, though, Brady had a little bit of trouble against – Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team, but I felt like that Washington defense is better than this Philadelphia defense. And they won so the Super Bowl I, last year, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So I guess you could argue that Philly could cover, is my point. Uh, I'm not saying they are, but I like Tampa minus eight and a half. Uh, next, in my opinion, is the game of the week. Uh, Sunday, late afternoon game. The six-seed 49ers at the three-seed Cowboys. Dallas is favored by three points, and the total is set at 51. Who do you like? Is this Romo Nance? Because it sucks. Because I don't know. I'm going to be watching on Nickelodeon. This is Nickelodeon. Yeah. Dak Prescott is going to get slimed. Uh, I have the Cowboys. Uh-huh. Listen, I like the 49ers. I think Garoppolo is going to make a mistake. I like them versus the Rams. I know it was a uh, divisional opponent. I just think the Cowboys offense, I don't think Garoppolo can keep up. And I, I – think the Cowboys defense is confident enough to stop the 49ers run game. So heading into week 18, I felt like that Cowboys offense wasn't in a good place, uh, but it felt like Philly was that get right game for them. Dak Prescott tossed about five or whatever it was, five or six touchdown passes and they blew out the Eagles, but I'm going to go with an under underdog here. It felt like that's the theme for me. I'm going with the 49ers plus three. It feels like San Francisco is a team that they're relentless. They were getting their butts kicked by the Rams, especially in the second half and the first half. And they came back to clinch a playoff spot. And I don't trust Mike McCarthy in playoff moments. I don't. I think the 49ers can win this game. I think Garoppolo's playing some good football. 49ers plus three. Now, the Sunday night game, which in my opinion is the worst game of the week, the seven-seed Steelers at the two-seed Chiefs. Total is set at a whopping minus 12 and a half. And the over-under is set at 46 and a half. Who do you like? I like the Steelers plus 12 and a half. Listen, Steelers. Ooh, I'm surprised. Their offense can't get it done but whenever they play in any game take out take out the uh chiefs game of this year but take uh i mean they play sloppy they keep it close i think tj Watt's gonna have a field day on the chiefs i think they can keep it close i think listen big ben's playing with house money it's supposed to be his last game last week and i mean listen last time they're playing house money 2005 they just roamed to the super bowl big ben won his first super bowl not not saying that's gonna happen not saying they're gonna uh walk off versus the chiefs but uh, don't be surprised if the Steelers keep close. You see, 12 and a half is a big number, especially in a playoff game. So I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to take the under in this game, 46 and a half. The Steelers offense doesn't do anything for me. Uh, and I think the Chiefs offense is kind of banged up as well. Tyreek Hill, uh, he's going to play, but he's banged up. And I think we saw that this Chiefs offense isn't as explosive as it has been in years previous. And Mike Tomlin, say what you want about him, but he's going to make this game as close as possible. Now, you got Mike Tomlin, never uh, have, a have a losing season. season. Ever. Again, I think the Chiefs win the game, and I think they probably win comfortably, but I feel like this game's going to be a, a low-scoring game. It's going to be something like, I don't know, uh, 
24-13 or something like that. Uh, I, I think the under is going to hit. And now for the Monday night game, right? This is the first time a playoff game is held on Monday night. Five-seed Cardinals are heading to the four-seed Rams, uh, division, NFC West. This game, in my opinion, is it's underrated because I think these teams have a lot at stake because the Rams, what they did to get in this position in terms of the trade deadline in the offseason, what they spent, that's must-win for them. And you look at the Cardinals, uh, they were the best team in the NFL for the first half of the season. So I think one of those teams is going to be a first-round exit, and that's a massive disappointment. Uh, the Rams are favored by three and a half, and the over-under is set at 49 and a half. This Monday night game, this is uh, going to get screwed for next week because it's not even fair. Like I was telling you yesterday, the rest is all going to be screwed. But this is going to be the closest game on the board, I think. I have the Cardinals plus three and a half. I, I really do not trust Matt Stafford. I think he's going to throw a pick six. I think even if Hopkins doesn't come back, I don't even know what his status is. But I, I think that Kyler can keep it close. And, yeah, I mean, I have the Rams winning, but – I would not super be surprised if Cardinals and beat the Rams. Yeah, I, I, for me anyway, I feel the same way. I'm, I picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl and to win it. But they just keep disappointing me. And just when I thought they were back, they had that – it blew it in the second half. And that, that really shook my confidence. One thing I do like is the over in this game, over 49 and a half. I think this game could go into the high 20s, early 30s. I really do. I think it could end up being a shootout. So I like the over 49 and a half. That's what I'm rolling with. Peter, you got anything else? You have your – are you keeping the Rams Super Bowl pick over the – Yeah, I might as well keep it because that's what I had in the Chiefs? preseason. I had it in the preseason, so I'm just going to roll with it. I had Rams over Chiefs. It's my preseason pick, so I'm going to keep it. I'm going to have uh, – I'm going to change it because obviously rip the Browns. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the Cowboys over the Bills. Wow. Okay, so you got – you Mike McCarthy and winning the Super Bowl. Hey, listen, I want to pick Aaron Rodgers so bad, but once again, Mason Crosby missed the extra point on the Lions. I've been saying this for months. He's going to be the reason why the Packers will win the Super Bowl. And that Packers special team unit is awful. Worse than the league. Ain't even close. But all right, so you're going Cowboys. I'm going to stick with the Rams, I guess, for now, because I had it in the preseason. Might as well try to be consistent. But, Peter, next week we'll talk some divisional action, and we'll probably get some more insight on some of these head coaching openings. Because I know the Giants one broke when we were recording. So – I'm sure we'll have some more information on that. But Peter, enjoy Wild Card Weekend, and uh, hopefully we can get on the right side here. Remember, Matt, listen, I, I've been uh, boasting the Dolphins all year. It doesn't matter. Listen, two has never made the playoffs. Mac Jones, first year, made the playoffs. I know uh, Mac Jones never beat Tua. It doesn't matter. Mac Jones is in the playoffs. Ah. Stay wild, everyone. Happy Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> <laughs>